0: we play and call it work hey there gamers josh and cullen oh hi to bring you this week's sit and talk the show where we sit and uh talk uh so i mean like in my last one uh people had brought up the fact of hey this would be more fun to do in a panel and i said this all along I've been saying it for years, which is why I always did them with a second person. Getting back well, you know, during COVID and all that, I didn't really push for it a whole lot, but now- Understandably. Yeah, whatever, we got Colin here. Oh, hi guys. So for anybody not familiar, actually, well here, let's, let's get the housekeeping out of the way. So obviously we're gonna be answering all your submitted questions. Uh, next week is going to be Luca. So if you have questions for Luca, you must leave them on this video, whether it's on YouTube, our website, Whatever. Probably, I don't know. I like the website. The website works,
1: I think, easiest for all of us and is like the most concise single place to go. So. Yeah, because
0: YouTube can be a little bit chatty, but I mean, like, we, we check them all anyway. So you must summon him. So if you have a question for him, you must, first of all, type, Luca, 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 and then put your question. Mr. to the Dice also works. Mr. the Dice also works, yes. You must summon him from his home on the second floor. Kind of like Bloody Mary. Yeah, yeah, pretty much exactly like that. So uh, before we jump into this, uh, for anybody not familiar with the Cullen, do you want to tell them who you are, what you do? Ah, uh, hi, I'm
1: Cullen. I'm the video editor. I do the videos. Uh, I used to do like more live stream stuff. I've been around mini war gaming for a while, and that's it. That's Wait, me. Like,
0: what's a, what's a while? How long has it been?
1: Oh, then I have to think, more than five years. I think, like more than four for sure. Uh, I started back as a high school co-op student. Dude, I've been here for like four. I know I've been longer than you. I know that's what
0: I mean. So when you're like four, like oh. you were here for years before me. Oh yeah, I guess there's that. Ah. Do you think it's just four years since you had to get out of high school? I see. That's the problem. The more I think
1: about it, the worse I feel. So i just try not to think about it too much. And just I think you're like you're still the
0: youngest person here, though, so you got nothing to feel bad about. Yeah, but ugh,
1: turn turned 25 this year. It's scary.
0: <laughs> Don't roll your eyes at me. So we're gonna go ahead and jump into the questions, and we're gonna do this in such a way that I mean, like, whether well, I won't speak for you, um, but I'll say for myself. Questions directed to Cullen, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna weigh in on them, and I expect to do the same for mine. So.
1: Yeah, unless you want to see like one of us sit here quietly while the other one just
0: talks, but I feel like you probably want to see us argue a little bit, maybe. <sighs> or just, yeah, I mean, discuss. Like nobody's going to show up to a video with me and expect me to be quiet during any part of it. Like, if I'm not, I, I'll find a, I'll find something to make noise about. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into these. Uh, we got Negrom29. This is on the Mini Wargaming site. I'll read these till I get bored, then I'll make Colin take over. Which will be its own fun thing when we get there. <laughs> um, at Josh, but now it's at Josh and Colin, I've come across many order characters in various short stories, novels, and other battle tomes that make the sign of the hammer while praying to Sigmar for various reasons. What do you think the sign of the hammer looks like? I'm assuming like that's like,
1: the, the, almost the, the, like the sign of the Aquila like in the other books. Yeah, it's going to be one but. of those
0: like like the greeting that you do kind of thing. Is that a hammer?
1: Is that how you make a hammer? It's a hand,
0: yeah, I guess. Uh,
1: more on an angle, if you're into that. i like, what? More on an hmm. How do you even make your hands into a hammer? Yeah,
0: I don't know, like there was. Is it more of like a swinging hammer motion? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I've decided it is now, is going like this. Ha! <laughs> ah! <laughs> I don't know what the the sign of the hammer would be, because yeah, that's in reference to Age of Sigmar and fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's ever been described because I know they talk about the Aquila, and I think it's usually the Aquila's over the chest, and it's the kind of yeah, know, it's the, the so two headed Aquila kind of like that ish, yeah. something. And I think there's the I think the Mechanicum one. I think I remember it somewhere it was talking about the 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 gears. So it's like the gears together like that. Okay, okay, kinda I see like that one of those.
1: So I yeah, I assume, yeah
0: I, I, I assume you can see that over my computer I think it's the something like that. So you gotta interlock your fingers like a gear. Side of the hammer I'm not really sure, cause like that. I got big hands so like my my one arm looks kind of like a hammer. I don't know if it's like a something on the chest or I I had no idea, no idea. Yeah, nah. I have nothing clever for that one, unfortunately. Um, oh yeah, and this is the other thing, uh, Cullen's a very important job because I, I think one time doing a sit and talk, I may have went over time a little bit because there's supposed to be an hour, so you can, you can help keep track of the time. Oh, yeah. because Yeah. yeah so I, if I go over time, it's Cullen's fault. Sure.
1: I haven't been doing this very long.
0: Next, I am simple. Semple, yep. Hey, Josh and Cullen, would Mini Wargaming consider doing another Firestorm campaign for AOS like Luca, Steve, and Matt did before? I think it was up there with the best content many giving is done. It would be super interesting to see some of the new factions representing the Grand Alliances. Let me know what you guys think. Many thanks, Scott. Now, Firestorm. That was the map campaign they did for AOS. Yes, okay. I, I know that the idea
1: of map things always gets tossed around, I feel like, once every six months. And then... Yeah. There, there's... Everyone always... Like, as soon as it gets brought up, everyone just goes, Remember Warzone Apophis. Which was a bit of a thing for us.
0: Yep. apotheosis because that integrated a whole lot of other stuff. It's one of those cool things to do. If we were to do it, it'd have to take one of the campaign slots. Yep. Um, either the... Curr- well, I mean, currently it's Wednesday, Wednesday or, or Thursday. Thursday. Did you kick something? Or I don't know. Just... It's like, there's a panel <laughs> down there, so I apologize. make making and... noises. Now, now that he's aware of it, he won't be able to stop kicking it. <laughs> <I'm> not going <laughs> to move. <laughs> um, so it'd have to take one of those slots. I mean, it's cool. It's fun. It's one of those... Map stuff who it, it's really, really
1: cool, but it's one of those things that if you ever make a mistake and you get halfway through and it's very obvious on who's gonna win it's it's hard to then pull back from so without like a practiced or like trialed system, it's hard to do, and then you then need time to trial it and refine it and it's it's a lot of work,
0: yeah, well, a lot of it comes down to scheduling, uh, different people playing different game systems, so right now. To, to maintain the schedule, we've got to film two 40k games a week. We need to film two incursions, two AOSs, and a grand total of about four videos worth of campaign type stuff. And then we need the sit and talk and the open vault. So that's six days worth of content. That's minimum 12 videos a week. Um, pretty much all of those videos. Are kind of take a full day to film. Except for the incursions, we can usually get done two in a day without much of an issue. Yep, that's considered more of a one-day activity to do both. Right, and okay, so and to put it in perspective for people, because they're always like, I play 40K, and I can play 40K fast. Why can't you guys play multiple games in a day? Like, when I play 40K, like a 2,000-point 40K game, I can get done like an hour, hour and a half, mm-hmm. no issue. Um, probably less if I was trying to go quick. Filming still takes six, seven hours.
1: It's one of those things you don't really think about it until, imagine if every single game you guys played at your store or at home, you took out your entire army, set it up nicely on a completely separate table, then talked about every single thing in it, did that with your opponents, and then went and do your game. Even that just adds like an hour to the beginning.
0: Well, yeah, but you're also, you know, going over, studying stuff, like looking at your list, looking at your opponents list, trying to understand, make sure it's gonna be a fun game. Uh, the board setup takes a while, it, it takes a lot more time. So the map campaigns, they're fun, and I'm not saying that we couldn't do it, but it is more difficult to fit into the filming schedule. Mm-hmm. Because there's also it, it, you know, behind the scenes work everybody has to do, uh, instead of just filming. So it'd be cool. Um, I think the Firestorm one is nice because it's an out of the box Yes, yeah, that definitely makes it much more appealing. So I, I think there's the potential for it. We haven't talked about a Firestorm campaign in a while, um, but that would be interesting. I would like to see some more Age of Sigmar narrative type stuff. Yeah, it's been a little while now. But yeah, I, I think there's plans on hopefully getting back into it. It's there's a lot of really there, there's a ton of lore to it, but I think because um, I've talked about this like personally for a while, um, or I guess in the past, I like the 40k lore. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a lot to draw on for narrative campaigns. There's a lot to draw on for narrative campaigns for Age of Sigmar. I'm just useless for it because yep. I I don't know anything about the realms and I don't like high magic settings. It's not, I know people like to hate on me because I, I don't know the Age of Sigmar lore that well. I know a little bit. Um and They're like, oh, you just hate Age of Sigmar. No, I hate high magic, you know, fantasy. I, I would agree with that too. Yeah. I'm much more of the,
1: give me that grim dark fantasy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I want to be depressed. So, Sad it's a it's a maybe. It'd be cool, uh, but I think there's other cool Age of Sigmar narrative kind of stuff we can do too. Mm-hmm. That's not
1: saying it won't happen, but at least it's not in the works right now. We're not currently working on one.
0: Yeah. All right, skipping down, we got Kurt is the word. At Cullen, how you feeling about no longer having some movie you film? Uh, when you were doing the Open Vault Weekly, you seemed to really enjoy it. Good job on the editing, too. Movies have good feel with the new mission explanations, everything. Keep up the good work. So,
1: thank you, Curtis. That's, I I appreciate that. Uh, so, how do I feel about no longer filming? Um, well, I guess, like, most of the time I, before this, I really just filmed the Open Vault. If you guys watched the the behind-the-scenes back when it was on YouTube, um... So, I always, that was always, like, one of the highlights of my week. It was just, A, a lot of what I do is sitting at a computer, um, doing the same kind of stuff. So, anytime I get any moments that I get to kind of break that up is nice. So, even just doing this for an hour is just one hour. I'm not sitting in front of my computer that I do a lot. Like, not that I'm complaining about it, but, you know, a little shake-up is nice. So, do I miss filming? Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, Do I miss playing the games? Yeah. Um, But, you know, editing is someone's got to do the editing, so it's got to get done.
0: Yeah, because you filmed some Bat, right? Like, you were in embarrassed, but you filmed a couple, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've done not as much 40K, obviously way more fantasy back when that was much bigger, but uh, definitely did a little bit of 40K at the beginning of 8th there, and uh, I know that that never really came to anything because it uh, was mixture between army choices, and I was still at school, and, you know, there were there were a lot of life factors at the time, but now... I think I've kind of fully committed to uh, jumping back into 8th or ninth, so hopefully you'll see me uh, in a couple more things. Uh, good job in the editing. Uh, thanks for the comments on the new kind of little, little shakeups that I've added over the couple months. Because I guess it's really been since I've kind of talked to you guys or anybody since like I guess a lot of the changes happened is when I kind of got away from camera a lot. so. Yeah, those uh, all the changes they've been. Some of them have been slower than others, but I think overall, in the past year, I I'm, I'm very happy with how how
0: the videos have come and where they've kind of come from. Yep. Uh, buh, 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 we got Orky Benji at Josh. I love your Night Lords. Always root for them. <laughs> I don't think I'm the only one. They're a bit of a fan favorite. Any chance for a campaign? Ooh, um, spooky. The good old Night Lords, yeah, I love my Night Lords. I think it's one of those. I'm okay, so I'm curious because when I like, I'm obviously Lore Wise, a big fan of the Night Lords, and I'm very open about trash talking my opponents while I'm playing them. Like I, I can really get into the the, the character of the, the the Legion well when I play them. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, like, do people like my Night Lords because of that, or do they just like Night Lords in general? I'm super curious. I have a ton of fun uh, fielding them, obviously. Uh, I think they're.
1: Awesome. I think that it also helps that I I think their book series is decently well known. Uh, isn't it's it? fairly well, yeah. The, the that they have got a decent because it's Dan Abnett who writes. No, it was no? Uh, ADV. Oh, oh, yeah, right. it's a ADV. Right, Dempsey, Dempsey Bowden. Yeah, who writes those? So, uh, with with a big popular author like that is is nice to kind of bring I guess more eyes to that because th- those are some of the books that I definitely want to read once I kind of get through a bit more of the Horse Heresy stuff. That have kind of gotten into re or listening to the audiobooks in the past six months or so. Yeah. So the night lords are cool, and doing a campaign, it's like, would Matthew want to do that? That's a spooky campaign.
0: Yeah, uh, that's It's pretty dark. So the thing is, like, forty k, like talking about night lords in a campaign. Forty k is dark, anyways. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you really wanted to do the campaign of them, in my opinion. It doesn't have to be entirely super gruesome, but it there's got to be some pretty gruesome stuff going on. Right. Like it's got you you've got to deal with some not PG kind of subject matter. Yeah, cuz if you
1: don't ever touch on any of it, then it will definitely feel like it's missing something. Well, that's what
0: I mean. Like then you're just kind of playing any random Chaos Space Marines. Right. Like that that's what really sets them apart. So, that's honestly one where, like, we could probably do it. It'd have to be very careful. The thing is that, um, oh, geez. Because, I mean, like, Matt's campaigns typically are very story-driven. Mm-hmm. And Dave's are very mechanics-driven, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, I see so that. I think that if we were to do something really cool with the Night Lords... It would lean more towards Matthew and story stuff, um, but Matt's a pretty squeamish dude about any kind of gore or anything like that. It, exactly, I think uh, I think he said the other day that like Stranger Things
1: is is like his level of what is and scary. And even that still.
0: Yeah, that, that that's the line. It's uh, yeah, mm. it, it, he he does not like anything because we were watching. Uh, I, this is way back, and I think we were talking about the idea of like chaos spawn mutations and like I think it I think it was something that we were working. Oh, I think I was trying to pitch an idea to him for like a creature in one of the campaigns, uh for one of the missions that kind of, you know, was the shapeshifter kind of thing, mm-hmm. and we watched a couple clips from uh not even John Carpenter's the thing, the the newer oh, thing movie. Yeah. Which I mean like it's gross, but it, it the CG's kind of weak and it's and he he could not stomach <laughs> any he's like nope, couldn't even watch any bit of it. So <laughs> <sighs> That's the thing where, like, because hypothetically, like, could I write a Night Lords campaign? Maybe. But then who would play in it?
1: Right. If if you're the flagship Night Lords player, you would think that it would involve you not as the GM.
0: Right? So that'd be the kind of tough one. I mean, like, um, having a certain framework to work inside could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, like. I guess what I'm getting, I don't think we're ever going to see the 40k Night Lords um, narrative campaign that I would want. Mm. Because I just don't think that that's a, a, a doable thing. That being said, uh, if I could somehow justify doing a bunch of 30k, like having them do a 30k campaign would be amazing too. That, that's a thing, right? Its hmm. Legion's still just as awful, but they're, they're kind of more under control. Yeah,
1: because I, I, I guess you can have, there could be a bit more of that dynamic of, like, the ones that are going a little bit
0: further away from everything. Yeah, well, the the, the idea is that, you know, they haven't broken up into these little warbands. Like, they're still terrible doing things, terrible things on a terrible scale. hmm But you could focus on some of the, the larger fighting going on. Yeah. uh, oh, that'd be cool. It, it's, it's definitely, like, a, a, a tiptoey
1: kind of thing. To make work, I think.
0: Yeah, well, I thought about um, just for fun. I doing uh, Talos's uh, warband from the books. Okay. Doing first claw, and that was cool. I've seen a couple people doing it, but what I haven't seen anybody do is that at the um, end of. So I guess maybe maybe minor spoiler alerts if you're into the Nightlord stuff. Um, there's another character at the end of the last novel that pops up that I think would be really cool to do his little, oh, okay. uh, retinue of followers. And maybe if I could find a way to integrate that into a campaign, that'd be super cool. Um, but that's like, I don't, I don't even know if I'd want to do that cause I'd shy away from it because like the Aaron Dembski Bowden stuff is so well written. Like I, I don't even want to kind of. Touch that, if right? That it, 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 it's it's like, almost like you leave that there, right?
1: Yeah, don't mess with it. It's it's too nice. Something
0: right. something inspired by that, but not taking like an actual like character with a name. Oh, you'll be thinking about this too much now. <laughs> I just want to play 30k again. I haven't played 30k in forever. It upsets me. It does. He talks about it a lot. I do. <laughs> well, <that> is, <laughs> I talk about it around the stu- the uh, studio all the time, but like also in every video I film, <laughs> like legit probably I'm gonna say ninety percent of all forty k and Age of Sigma videos. I'm like, yo, by the way, thirty oh, k is pretty sweet, guys.
1: I'm I'm glad he doesn't just do it to everyone in the office. At least you guys have to deal with it too.
0: <laughs> no, they love it. They love it. I I don't know. We gotta we gotta find a way to make it make sense to get some stuff here on the channel. Well, we also have a lot of armies here that just kind of sit around and could get some camera time. Really nice 30K armies. Mm -hmm. But again, the schedule's tough. Exactly. So, yeah. Okay. Moving on, we got Griff Gang. My computer's awful. It keeps jumping around. Now that (laughs) Cullen's almost finished up with the Crimson Fist, best chapter, by the way, will we see him in some more Bat Reps? Any chance of him showing up with Tau here and there, too? Okay, so, yeah, I guess anybody who
1: wouldn't be a Vault member, so hasn't seen the open vaults. Uh, I've been working on Crimson Fists pretty much at the end of quarantine. I, I just felt like painting something very, very different. i just been on a lot of, uh, just a bit of a painting burnout, and picked up a couple uh, just Primaris characters just to completely do something very different. And uh, was up in the air between Salamanders and Crimson Fists because my favourite colour is green. And I really like Imperial Fists. The, the daunting uh, idea of painting yellow is, that's <clears throat> painting power armor yellow really scared me, so I shied away from that, and Luca's a big, Luca loves Crimson Fist, so I, when I asked him the question, he's like, you got to do it, and since then I've kind of dove into that, and big fan, finding out more, and it, it's, it's been great. Um, so will you see me in Battle Reports? Yes. Um, hopefully, if you're a Vault member, you can check out the Open Vault this week, and see the army that i brought in it's not my full 2000 points that i've been kind of working towards for the past couple months but it's like 1600 points 16 1700 points maybe um about 10 devastators and five heavy intercessors away from my 2k list so you should see some incursions um to be honest i need to get some practice games off camera before i get on camera um but that's Gonna hang out with Luca or Josh or some people at the store. Face yeah,
0: screens. You just got to put them on the table. Yeah. Again.
1: I just you know I just want to do a couple before I have to do it on camera and get stressed. <laughs> no, no, no. So yeah, you you should see some of that soon. Um, any chance Tau? Uh, probably. I I honestly, that was one of the reasons I never got it done as well as Tower in a weird a weird place in Eighth Edition. Um, so, I do really still like them. Um, the collection I currently have is a little bit still old and janky. So, I think if I was to do it, like start again, I would completely start again. So, I got a lot of fists to paint. So, you probably won't be seeing me play Tao for a little while.
0: I think Matt may have low key been interested in the tags. I know we're getting some models done mm-hmm. by the guys. I think the FK guys took some of the uh, Tao stuff that we wanted to get done. I think they're doing suits.
1: Okay, I know he definitely mentioned that he
0: wanted to dabble in them. And
1: the, again, the issue with them here is the studio collection is very much a 6th and 7th edition army. So, not magnetized suits. Most of them are the old squatted suits. Um, I think we do have breachers now, but it, it's definitely could use some both TLC and new models. So, if they need, uh,
0: they need fixed up. Yeah,
1: so if, if Matt wants to cover them, then uh, hopefully
0: you'll be seeing more of that then. Which that would be, super cool. So okay, so you mentioned salamanders and crimson fists. Now I'm curious, why those two? I like green. Okay, so like it could have been any green marines, but you just noticed the fists. Well, the the salamanders. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, the salamanders. I, I, yeah. I
1: guess, and like, it's it's that would be cool to paint because, again, like it's, I'm not, I haven't had too many opportunities to paint fire, so it would be like a good. Practice in learning to paint fire because you'd have to do it so often. So there's that. Um, doing like learning how to paint the skin properly would be an interesting. I, I mean, with contrast these days, it'd probably be actually a lot easier with Black Templar. But you know, I, I think there's a lot of um, fun skills to learn in that army as well. Um, so that'd be like that. That was purely aesthetic. That yeah, way. yeah. Okay. A, a, a lot of the choices was because I wanted to paint them, okay. and it was it was more about how to paint them, but I, again, I'm really happy I chose Crimson Fists because I found a a, method of painting them that fits the way I prefer to paint really well, too, so I think it's been, like, a, a perfect
0: choice. That's cool. I like it. Crimson Fists are super cool. Oh, jeez. They are. I mean, that was a lot of people's first, you know, exposure to 40K is that... Super Ro- famous rogue trader picture.
1: I know, like, it's it, it it's the reason that whenever I do any sort of old, like, uh, firstborn marines, I got to put a beaky helmet in there just because that picture and the beak, and it's, yep. I love it,
0: super cool. Uh, next we got Big Bang A1. At Josh, watch the open vault and was wondering what you would think about doing a path of glory against Dave's Blades of Corn. The ogres have some really fun path of glory mechanics, plus, uh, I think would be really fun matchup. Will the ogres sate their hunger by feasting on cornflakes or will the blades prove too spicy for the fat guys to handle? I mean, like, uh, ogre, yeah. So, (laughs) I would do it in a heartbeat, but take a look at the amount of salt in the comment section of my ogre bat reps and ask yourself, if somebody was getting back into, or pretty oh, much getting into Age I of Sigmar, they played just a little bit. Like, is that really the army you think that he would be playing against and having a good time to learn the mechanics and have fun? Ugh. Like, Ugh. we all move, we move eight inches a turn uh, until we're in combat, then in combat we got two better bravery, um, and we got a million attacks, ton of wounds. When you're
1: trying to teach somebody the baseline, it's probably not the best to bring stat monsters.
0: <laughs> and they, they really are stat monsters. Because, um, yeah, I mean, like, he would learn to hate them so quick. I think that there would be more entertaining matchups. Um, now, if he, if Dave came to me and was like, this is what I want to do. Uh, Yo. So if you guys can convince Dave, is what we're saying. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say like I'd feel bad, but I'm like no. The problem is that I know that I wouldn't feel bad, and that's the problem. He would get <laughs> overwhelmed immediately. But I mean, yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. I mean, that's we, we could name the campaign that. <laughs> He'd hate it. <laughs> He'd hate it. Uh, see, I know nothing about them. So if I was asked to be in the path of glory, like ogres, sure, if they wanted ogres. If I had my choice, I'd probably pick the. Um, Iron Jaws? Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I like thing? I like Destruction, and I think they'd be fun to play. I don't think anybody has been playing them. I don't know if anybody's particularly interested. They've been kind of just sitting for a while. They'd probably be fun. I'd probably have a lot of fun with them. I'm trying Um, to think
1: of when the last time, and I think it was when when Matthew was playing them, so that was before Ogres even came out, I think.
0: Matt was trying to play Ogres for a while. We remember how that went. (laughs) Sad. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah uh, I'd be damned for that but I don't know if that would be the best choice in all honesty that's fair uh, I'm sure the Path of Glory would help balance things out maybe or maybe it wouldn't or, or it would make it completely <laughs> skewy and worse yep it's just like we're on game three and it's like yeah somehow I got 12 Iron Guts <laughs> they, they, they 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 win me games at 2,000 points uh, moving along we got Captain Obvious great name thank you Captain Obvious at Josh, just finished watching your last sit and talk. You listed off a ar- large number of jobs that you do, which I would have thought were Matt's responsibility. Which ones did you think were Matt's responsibilities? I'm curious now. Uh, <laughs> what responsibilities do Matt and Dave have now if you've taken most of the work off them? Uh, cheers. P.S. Cullen, get back to work. No. Joking, keep up the good work. Thank you. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, so I talked about a number of different things that I do. So, like, the idea is that some of that stuff means that Matt and Dave are more free to film. I think um, that
1: they are much more hands on bosses than any other place that I've been that yep. a lot of the times at a job, a boss doesn't do the same work as like the, the line workers, but in this case they do, so a lot of those bossly responsibilities that a a normal boss I think would take kind of fall to josh and I mean between Matt and Dave, they separate some of those, but
0: yeah. Um so I mean like most of the day-to-day stuff like when when certain things pop up like important company big kind of stuff obviously you know they they jump into those do the standard owner type responsibilities um mine's kind of all the day-to-day stuff that kind of just is the grind uh like talking about scheduling uh the building stuff like the fire stuff and all that mm-hmm. um Matt's been spending a lot of time... It gives them a lot more time to work on campaigns, which is I'm, where I think their their skill set comes in the best. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll go on record and say I think I'm better at scheduling and managing stuff than they are. <laughs> um, doesn't mean that they're bad at it. I'm just better at it. But they're good at doing a lot of the campaign stuff that I Mm -hmm. would be absolutely hopeless trying to do. So yeah, it allows them to focus on more of campaign stuff as well as filming regular content, um, continuing to be the faces of the company in certain ways. Um, But then also Matt's been doing a lot of work on the website, on the back end of the website. Yeah, that's been a huge Um, project. Whether or not you've noticed it, there's been huge huge changes to it that have been mega important to the company. And honestly, stuff that's kind of been building up over the years. So he's put a ton of effort into that. And then Dave's been working very hard on the social media side of things, which, again, um, I'm useless on. I I can say, like, in 100%. I could probably figure it out if I tried. But, like, I have never made a Facebook post in my life. I don't know how Facebook works. I don't know anything about it. Hey. Uh, Honestly,
1: yeah. I don't think i posted it in years, but...
0: Instagram, no, no, I, I don't know, you put pictures or something, right? Yes. But as far as anything beyond that, I got, I don't use any of the social media stuff. It's true, he doesn't. This is, this, and this isn't just Josh sitting and so saying, you can't find him. Yeah, I'm just not there, and I... And it's one of those, it's not like, ha, oh, I'm an old man, I don't know how this works. Like, I legitimately like Facebook, Bob. I don't know. Like, I, is MySpace still a thing? I remember people talking about MySpace. What a what a fun time to be alive that was. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so Dave's been doing all uh, you know, focus on social media stuff, as well as he's been working really hard, working with other companies for our Silver Vault members to get discount codes. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not a Silver Vault member, uh, go ahead. You can go. You can always go to the website and you can see where you would get discount codes too. I think the count of companies right now is up to thirty. I, I
1: kind of remember uh, throwing him throwing at that number, so something close,
0: so, something like that, and. Um, basically, the idea is if you're a Silver Vault member, um, you get discounts to all these different places, and it's a bunch of different gaming stuff, whether it be terrain mats, widgets, tons of stuff in there. And the other funny thing is too, um, I have buddies that are Vault members, obviously, and I was talking to them about it, you know, a while ago. Not, most of them didn't realize that they get discount codes to all these places. I think, I think when you had brought it up,
1: I literally was like checked on the thing and i was like i literally i literally just placed an order from that place last week crap <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so like the i the employees forget. so we're doing a big push to try to remind everybody and and try to really sell that point cuz it is it, it it's a good savings when you're buying things that are decently expensive
0: it's big so it's it's i think the idea is that you know Matt and Dave have been able to have the day-to-day work that doesn't need the owner there doing it, uh, taking off their plate, and then they're able to focus on that stuff, which is, I think, absolutely vital to the company.
1: Mm -hmm. Very much like letting them work on the project that they're passionate about, and uh, everyone else kind of does what they need to do to fill in the gaps.
0: Well, yeah, and just, you know, like, day-to-day management of staff. Like, um, you know, Steve and I love to argue, (laughs) and, you know, the... Uh, tradition of having a wrestling match every time we disagreed with you know we oh, yeah. disagree with that. I think Matt's just got tired of having to wrestle Steve, and I will just jump in and wrestle him uh, whenever I get the chance to. It's great. Yeah. Uh, next we got smiling Kira. Uh, so this is this funny little thing I do, and I don't I don't think I've ever said it out loud. At the end of my question, when I right before I move on to the next one, I try to think: Did I answer anything about what that person asked, or did I just go on a tangent? <laughs> Honestly, that's... So if you ever see me go, that's what, it's, <laughs> that's what it's for. So this is Smiling Kira. Hi, Josh and Colin. Josh, do you think Squat will return to Warhammer 40k in ninth edition or not? Colin, in your opinion, should G-Dub bring back Skaven to the Warhammer 40k universe? In other words, Space Skaven. Uh, squat's coming back. I don't think that they're going to bring Squat's back just because it's Squat's. Like, they've they've brought Squat's back in kind of a way um, with certain, I think it's just right now, Necromunda characters. Blackstone, I think, has one. Does Blackstone have one? I think so. I think a Forge World one. That might be a Necromunda Hunter, but I'm not sure. Okay, I I could be wrong. I don't I don't know, what I'm uh, about. I don't know either. because uh, I'm not super familiar with either of those games right now. Um, so they've got the Demiurg that have been floating around for a while since like third edition Tau, that are kind of a space dwarf kind of feel. But like you can find, I think it's you you can find like Jervis talking about when they got rid of the dwarves way back in the day. I remember reading somewhere, you know, an interview, I think, or something that he did. Uh, I don't think they're going to bring back Squats, you know, the the space dwarf kind of thing. It's one of those. I would, if they did, I'd probably be super interested and see their take on it. Um, If you wanted to do an army like that, there is War Games Atlantic. Mm -hmm. They've got their own, I can't remember what they call them, but they're basically sci-fi dwarves. Yep. And they look amazing. They look pretty cool. Uh, so I would love to see somebody do something with that. But yeah, do I think G-Dub will do it? No. I don't think they ever will. It's just one of those, like, <clears throat> it's tough because uh, they want to make, like, certain unique kind of feeling stuff. And they talked about... Squats and the idea that they just didn't like how they handled them. They're like, we just we took dwarves and slapped them into space, and it was kind of eh. and and that's like the fact that in 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 40k
1: where in in fantasy the difference between a dwarf and elf and a and a human were like like that's a, a pretty big difference. But in in 40k where it's like a person and a whole other alien, that's such a bigger difference. So I find that like them existing in 40k, they are just a reflavored human?
0: Well, yeah, because I think... close enough. Yeah, because the old lore, they were more deeply integrated with uh, the Imperium, mm-hmm. obviously.
1: So it's like that weird, like, imp- ends up being just another kind of Imperium-like faction, which
0: is, like, cool, but... Right, because they were kind of like what the uh, Mechanicus is, where it's like they produce all this, they're part of the Imperium, mm-hmm. kind of, and they make all these other things. Like, there's just not space for them right now. But yeah, but uh,
1: I guess like the argument for the Mechanicum is like they are very unique in what they are and yeah. from everything else and yeah. other, you know, other properties and things like that. So, now what do you think? Space
0: space rats? Oh
1: heck, yeah! Give me those space rats. Uh, <laughs> like I mean, if that was an option, like oh, like three thousand um, percent. Will they do it? I don't think they'll ever. I don't think they ever will. Like I just feel like, why would you do that when I? think that there's a bunch of other like Xenos alien races that are like much easier to go to than trying to like cuz it almost feels like you're you're either double dipping or like trying to reuse an idea you already have. Yeah. When you could come up with a brand new idea that
0: I think would be much more unique, but like I mean if they did it I uh, yes. So I remember I showed you stuff a while ago cuz the the two that I can think of for space rats would be that Mantic yep. has a line of sci fi the, rats. The
1: Veermen, I the believe, Veerman, is what they're uh, called.
0: They're super cool. And then, do you remember? I think I showed you a company that did uh, the, the 3D, the files. <gasps> the, and it was a very. The gene obvious, sealer cults? Meant to be Gene Sealer cult rules, but using space rats. Like, to me, like, that's super
1: cool. Like, I, I, I guess I get. Like, I think it's super cool, but I also, like, there's part of me that almost. Like I like Gene Steeler cults and what they are, so like those kind of custom armies. I always feel torn about them because yep. I think they're really, really cool. But is it something that I want to put all that time and effort in and just be like, it's not
0: lore appropriate. I don't know. Like to me that. Well, you get away with saying that cool. Like there, there, there are space rats that exist oh, somewhere i I'm, it, there.
1: It's a, <clears throat> it's a, you know, it's a cult that gets a little bit. I don't know, feeds on a bunch of rats, so they got a lot more
0: rat mutations in them. I don't know. There's just a random but alien race, one of the, the hundreds that aren't fully touched upon, you know? like
1: That's one of those things that, like, I think a couple of those minis are, like, you know, when, when I have time to paint on, f- paint for fun, getting some of those 3D printed and just painting some of those as individual characters for just a half, I think, is something I, I will do when I get the time. Um...
0: Honestly, I, th- I think the thing for me for 40k is like they're, I'm, I'm open to, like, like there's way too many armies. Like the game is, it feels so bloated. And adding entire new factions, I don't know if I would, how much I would love that. Even though like from like a model or lore perspective really cool, but from a game perspective, like if they just start throwing more armies on, like it already feels like there's a lot of bloat and a lot of crossover. So like they'd have to have something that plays pretty uniquely from everybody else. It wouldn't be one of those, oh, this is just the budget version of this army or the way better version of that army.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah, like it, it, that's exactly how I feel. Like, I feel like I haven't been in 40K for very long or even Warhammer, but in the five, six years, whatever that number is, we never determined. Like, I can count that Gene Stealer Cults have come out as a full army. Uh, Admech has come out as a full army. Sisters got a completely new plastic line. Primaris has come out. Death Guard has gotten their own book. Thousand Sons have got their own book now. Like, these are all the things that like I kind of think of that when I remember looking on Games Workshop back in the like back six years ago. Those weren't the armies that they had on there. So it feels even though they've kind of existed, they're now like they're full fledged things that I just feel like there's already so many things and they've added a lot over the past there's little tumbled, while. Like, that,
0: and, and, and like I love to chirp them, but the like the Eldar players. Like, they're still waiting for Aspect Warriors. Yeah.
1: This is... Like, and any of these armies that, I you know, like, oh, those would be cool to paint up. And then you're like, yeah, but I would never want to do it until, like, their basic troops get replaced or a lot of the model lines get replaced
0: because why would I collect these old things? The guard. Yeah. That's another one. Like, I don't know. Like, teach their own, but, like, if you're buying... The Cadian models are okay. I think they're good for what they are. But they're still pretty dated. But like, yeah, if
1: if you compare
0: them to the new stuff, then it's you you really see their age. Well, especially if you start to compare like the GW ones to some of the aftermarket ones, mm-hmm. like
1: that that too, right? The fact that all these other companies are starting to catch up and getting competitive with that kind of stuff. So, it, so.
0: I, I, so I don't think it's catch up. I think it's surpassed. Like I think you know you look at what you're able to do for creating a guard army. And even using like the Games Workshop regiments, like I'll talk Victoria miniatures. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, she's had full lines of a bunch of different ones that you could use for that for years. Like, I would not want to be the person that you know is at Games Workshop and like, hey, yeah, all the regiments that we have rules for but no models for. Uh, you want to get working on them. When all this other stuff already exists. Yeah, yeah, because
1: then you're now in that weird place of, like, trying to make your own unique thing with an old idea that other people have already used the influence of. So, like, the go-to, I guess, like, artistic reimaginings have probably already been done.
0: Yeah, that's rough. (sighs) I never thought of it like that. So that's part of where I'm like, you know what, like, if if they added another faction in without kind of shoring up some of this other stuff I'm talking about... I mean, like, it's not my company. I'm just some random Canadian dude ranting on the internet. Uh, I don't think my opinion actually is worth a whole lot, but I'd be pretty disappointed. Like, I'd be disappointed in them as a company mm-hmm. and really start to question, like, hey, you know, is it worth collecting some of these older armies that aren't going to get any love for, like, 10 years or more?
1: Right, because, honestly, like, in my opinion, I feel like I'm already almost there with, like, I and in no way do I want to, like, poo-poo on, like, Necromunda, Warcry... All those other specialty games, but you see all the miniature lines that come out, and you're like, "But if that was if that was Aspect Warriors, or if that was this, right? Just yep. those, that that resource management and using the resource. So I feel like they're already again doing a lot of other things.
0: Yeah, they've got a lot on the go. So the, with Games Workshop being even the behemoth they are, no, not new armies. That that, that would be madness. Let's
1: uh, let's keep updating those Xenos armies.
0: Yeah. Uh, next we got, well, they got uh, primary Lieutenants to make, too. Stop! Stop! Stop putting those in box sets! Like, the the, the new Combat Patrol box set, like, I
1: literally almost want to buy that, but, like, why didn't that come out three months ago? Because I now own both of those individual characters, and you're like, sure, I'll get another Apothecary, but then I, I don't... I already have, I think, five Lieutenants unpainted, and I have three painted! <laughs> like, how many Lieutenants does one need?
0: No, no. I I've been too scared to check to see if the Death Watch are gonna get access to them, so maybe I could use. Ah, uh, he's
1: in the new Death Watch box.
0: Oh yeah, so it is for sure. Yeah, hey, You uh, w- you want some lieutenants, check? <laughs> I kind of do, actually. Okay, next we got Mylan. Now, okay, so uh, you you haven't really played against Dave, but you have you heard how he? You, you, have you heard how he talks? The how would you look at that kind of stuff? Like, I like to tease him about it because he picked it off of uh, Tom Shuby. So this is the, this, I was making fun of him uh, in the, other, the other day would about it, so I guess this is. I, I know a video you're referencing. The Night Lords one? No, 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 but would you look at that? But yeah. So, <laughs> at Josh, would you look at that? Cullen's back in the sit and talk. Would you look at that? How do you like it, Josh? Seems like Corn wants it. He wants Cullen back. You like that, Josh? I thought that hilarious. I don't know why, <laughs> but where uh, so when is David, that like, is is that a quote from Dave? D- no, it's not. But like, I was making fun of the way. All right, so we're back. Oops. The, the battery died there. So if we did lose any of that, I apologize. Um, it's one of those things. I blame the kid that went to film school. Honestly, guys. So
1: I'll, I'll be. I forgot that our batteries lie. <laughs> When I put up the camera, I was like,
0: oh, it's 120 minutes. It's
1: two hours. It's an hour-long show. It'll be fine. Forgetting that, I don't use these cameras every day, and that number, it don't last that long. No,
0: no, no, not at all. Uh, yeah, but anyway, so it was the... I think I really started doing it to him in the Black Legion versus Night Lords Incursion game. Okay. Because it's just, you know, because he says it enough, and I've heard it enough, that, you know, I just started, uh, you know, when I'd roll my hits or whatever, my saves... Would you look at that, Dave? Do you like it? Made my charge. Oh, corn wants it. So yeah, I just had fun <laughs> making fun of him for that. Oh so boy. I assume Mylon has watched that video. Uh Rogue. Hey Cullen, will we be seeing you playing a game playing games anytime soon? Yes. Let me practice, and yes. Uh Z10 Nando, so what's up, Josh? You feel you're in the sweet spot with your two AOS armies—one full shooting, the other full melee. Will your next army be magic dominant, or you feel that's going to be it? Hugs. Um, so yeah, right now for AOS, uh, playing Ko does a ton of shooting. Ogres can do both because I got a shooty ogre list that is actually pretty effective. The, is that the underguts? The underguts, yeah. Uh, do some really solid shooting, but they're they're a pretty melee-based army. Um, today I played my first full game, um, my second game ever of Sons of Behemoth. Yo, guys, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, it's going to come out Tuesday? Yeah. Just watch it. It's funny. It's really good, actually. Just, just
1: at least for the army
0: showcases. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh... Uh, uh, it worked better than it should. I bet it did. I bet it did. And
1: I know you don't know what we're talking about, but when you see it, you'll know.
0: Yeah. Um, so as far as like a magic dominant army, no, I don't want that nerd stuff.
1: Like, uh, the, like the magic... Boring. The magic dominant armies in AOS is like... Zeech. Zeech? There's there's, uh, there's, other ones, I'm it's sure. like Skaven's but... got some decent magic. I'm sure the elves are good, but...
0: Actually, you know what? I think the other game that goes out next week, I play a, a magic-feeling ogre army. Oh. I, I played the... Uh, oh, the Firebelly thingies, right? The butchers and slaughter master. Okay, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, the other guys. So, yeah, actually, I did bring one where the only leaders I had were three butchers and a slaughter master. Rawr. Yeah, so that was kind of funny. Eat um, the meat. But, yeah, as far as different AOS armies, like, I'm... Uh, the tough thing is that there's just I gotta really enjoy the models and the you know first of all to get interested in the play style. If I had to pick up another one, you know, because now I'm, I'm counting myself as three because I got the Suns.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say like this. This comment is obviously before the Suns stuff.
0: Well, because it was back and forth because Steve and I talked in the game that we played about the fact that he dibs to the Suns before I was back to filming. Does that count? How does that work? I'm just gonna keep playing. I'm like yeah, I.
1: I don't even want to get into those arguments. I don't care arguments. if you plays them or not. I argument. sit and watch those arguments, and I'm like, I'm just happy. I don't got
0: any stakes in this. That's fair.
1: Stop kicking this, me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as far as Magic Dominant Armies, no, I hate it because I can't keep track of spells. Who's got what and What buffs are where? Like, I could just get tokens and stuff. But no, I don't want tokens. I just want to smash. <laughs> <laughs> We're just here to kill stuff, breaking, not breaking terrain no, pieces, and yeah, not being nerds. Uh, we got ogre rot five. Will Vito be back? Miss the Thousand Suns at bat reps. Uh, I don't know. Like he's so Vito's up in Tirana. Yeah. Nowadays, um, I'm sure he may come back. The whole COVID thing's tough, right?
1: That it, it honestly really does make everything awkward, especially, especially with. Like us being in a small town and people coming from bigger towns. Yeah, where, where exactly.
0: the We're okay where we're at, but the numbers aren't. Yeah, the numbers aren't great. But like, if you look at the Ontario numbers, there's certain places where it's kind of focused on. Yeah. And I don't know. Vito was always a sickly, sickly boy. <laughs> you guys listened to him cough for like a year and a half, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, you might be. He might be back around. Like the same like I was talking to Quirk the other day, um, but just grabbing a beer after work kind of thing, and we probably would have talked about playing some games, mm-hmm. um, but that didn't materialize just because COVID's weird. It just makes I everything.
1: Just make everything you gotta like pre-plan a little bit harder. So there's not a lot of just going
0: out on a whim and doing stuff. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next we got Gaz B. Josh and Cullen. Josh, do you think Cullen could ever grow a beard as glorious as yours, and how long has yours taken to reach its current length? I mean, like if he wanted to, I'm sure he could. Ah, I know it might drive you nuts. I. That's the thing. Is like I don't think I
1: could. Mainly, because, like I don't think I could handle it. Like I don't. I don't like to have the long. I don't like to have feel like any length down here, especially like when you get out of the shower and like your, your chin's wet, and you're like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: this would be the point. Like you would need to grow. Like you would have. S- uh, if I had to guess, it would be four, five, maybe six months of you having, like, the worst beard that would not behave because you need to be so heavy for it to sit. And, like, even mine, like, I've got to the amount of care it takes. Like, I have to oil styling cream and blow dry it every single morning. I, I don't even blow dry my hair. So yeah. I ain't blow and dry blow dry my beard. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess if he was if he, if he put his mind to it he could I just don't know if he would. This one I just think it would be like really long on the sides and be really mad. like it would just be sides. I don't think it would be a lot of the middle. middle. <laughs> uh, I don't know like I don't really pay that much attention to it, but like I've grown this out over I uh, have maybe about two years. Um, that being said, like it gets to pretty close to this length in its first year. And then just slows down a ton. Because that's where it's getting caught and, like, any of the longer hairs start to...
1: That's Yeah, you start to actually have like, the replacement part, right?
0: Right. So that's the idea of, like, you, your, your beard hits a certain length and then your lifestyle decides that it doesn't go any further. <laughs> so if I, like, I really wanted to change things to make sure that the longer hairs aren't getting pulled out and all that, mm-hmm. like, I could probably grow it longer. Um, but not right now. I thought about, like, just taking it... In and then like doing the braids, or mm-hmm. even just the one like little something at the bottom, like a bead at the bottom, to weigh it down a bit. But eh, I I'm just not that interested in it. But yeah, it, uh, it's been a while. But the, it, it grows fast. Like if you watch the last set of videos from when I chopped it off, didn't not take very long. It doesn't take long to grow back. Um, Colin, with the rest of the, the guys having themed dice, have you given any thought to what symbol you would use if you get your own themed dice? Yeah, we all know what it is. It's it's it, it's it's the uh, misfire from uh, old Warhammer dice.
1: Like it's it's got to be that artillery die. It's it's that le- you do the little explosion and you put a C in it. Boom! That's my
0: die, and uh, I will just roll sixes. Well, yeah okay, so that would be the question: Is do you um, put that on the one or the six? No, I put on. I want to put on the one. Do I want to lose every game? It's, I mean, yeah. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Because yeah, you <laughs> always roll that. I think it'd be funnier to put on the one, but yeah.
1: I'd I'd cry. I'd cry. All I say is we... Um, for any of you who are paying attention to the fantasy Kickstarter that Steve and I and Luke are trying to do that's been put on hiatus because of this whole nonsense... I was a part of it too, kind of. Yeah, Josh was too. The, what I will say is we got one game filmed before we couldn't. Um, Oh boy, when that game comes out.
0: I mean, yeah. I'm not actually... You know, fussed about it at all. I will say I wasn't invited to that fantasy thing. But it kind of makes sense. It, talking to Steve, the funny thing is talking to Steve about it, uh, he forgot that I played fantasy. He was like, you played like once or twice for many Wargaming. I'm like, I was yeah, one of the, the regular content producers. That's true, right? I remember him saying that. You're just kind of like, no, what? Do you do? You remember that time? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I, I think you're just blocking it out. Like, I didn't play him a time. Played, I played you and Luca a time. Yeah, exactly. Um... And I'm, I'm sure you guys remember that fondly. So many ogres, so many ogres. <laughs> well, like, okay, so how long did it take you to figure out how to beat the ogres? Stop. Ha 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 Hate it. I'm sure Lucas. Yeah, I think Luca beat them once, but he like conceded twice in the game. <laughs> he beat them. That like, game. He, he quit twice. Oh, fantasy's fun. Okay, we got Miso Miso up next. Josh and Colin. Josh, I once heard you say something about having an injured leg or knee. Did I hear that right? Somebody who arrow. has a bad... Yeah. <laughs> Took an arrow to the knee. As somebody who has a bad hip, uh, I have a lot of sympathy for you. Do you have? A, do you do any corrective exercises to help my... I, I, <laughs> I like... I assume your physician is what that you were going for there, but it kind of like, I almost read it as psychic. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> That's not the right spelling for My part. psychic gave me a it's few exercises. Good. That's an interesting guy, psychic. <laughs> and they help, <laughs> a bit, but it's too difficult to be consistent. Yeah, okay, so uh, I think it's part of like my origin story because I did a little bit of tabletop gaming starting when I was about 14, 15, uh, but I got more heavily into it because uh, the day after my 16th birthday, I snapped my leg in half playing football. Um, snapped. Yeah, so I it was one of those like team sports I was never super interested in. Like I played them all as a kid, mm-hmm. like, well, like baseball, hockey, kind of stuff, soccer as a kid. The uh, classic house league your parents put you in, right? That kind of stuff. Yeah, and it was so I was yeah so 16 so grade 11 beginning of grade 11 because mm-hmm. I'm a September baby, and my uh, the the football coach at the high school. Uh, Cause I was a bit, uh, like, surprise surprise, I was always a big kid. And I had done judo for years and years and years. So it's was pretty good at tossing people around. So he, he, he had been encouraging me since grade nine. Like, hey, come out, tr- tr- you know, play football. And I had no interest. Mm-hmm. And so finally, you know, grade 11, I decided to do it. And it was like two weeks after joining the team. Uh, it was the first, I didn't even get to play a game. <laughs> like it was like the first. Year, it was the first uh, scrimmage against uh, uh, one of the other local high schools, but not like an actual game. And just kind of weird play. Um, I was right side offensive tackle, and just, I made my hit. Somebody on the other side didn't make their hit. People fell, blew through my leg, and so it was compound, fracture, tip fib. Oh. Um, so completely broke, snapped it in half, bones popped out. And then I was in a cast for uh, seven, eight months. So one. didn't actually have anything, you know, put into my leg, but definitely like I lost some length on that leg. So my back and my hips are all out of whack. My legs constantly sore. <laughs> like Fun. I got a big gnarly scar on it that like oh, it looks. It looks like I got bit by a shark.
1: Yeah, it's it's bad looking. Yeah, well, like, like, really, like it doesn't look like it's clearly not the surgery scar.
0: Well, it's partially the surgery scar. So what they did is the hole that my bones popped out, they opened that up bigger and did the surgery through there. So, like, I had, like, a uh, toonie, large coin-sized hole <laughs> in my leg for months and months because there was nothing to stitch back together, right? Yep. So what they did is they cut a window out of my cast, and they would just take the window out once a week, and a nurse would have to, you know, clean it up and make sure it wasn't getting, you know, really badly infected. Yeah. Ugh. Um, so, like, I got a big dent in my leg, too. It's like uber painful all the time. Um, like the, it's just a big lump of scar tissue. So yeah, uh, I hear you like hip injuries and all that. I will say like I healed up kind of. Like I can still walk. I got I got a really weird kind of walk. Like it's not it's that proper. It's not a proper stride because one leg's shorter than the other. Um, but yeah, any soft tissue injuries are the ones that scare me more. Like um, ACLs and that kind of stuff. Like,
1: and I mean, like you were you were you were sixteen at the time. I was 16. so like, you are not. And obviously, things happen to people when they're young, but I mean, you you recover so much better.
0: Had that have happened five ten years down the line,
1: whole different story, yeah, right? Entirely like that's, different story,
0: yeah. And so that's where I don't have any like metal in my leg. Like they never did any of that kind of stuff. Um, honestly, the worst part about it was uh, I, I found out that I was uh, deathly allergic to morphine. <laughs> Like you literally almost died. Yeah. So that was kind of that was kind of rocky. Uh, but the thing about that is that it got me into doing more wargaming tabletop kind of stuff um, because can, I couldn't do anything yeah, else. Like couch locked. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and Wellens, I mean, a city, so there's
1: public transit, but not amazing.
0: Yeah. No. Like well, but like I had a, like a full like top of my hip down to the tips of my toes cast for four of those oh, months. Yeah. Like it was like a 20, 20 25 twenty five pound cast because it was plaster with fiberglass on top. Oh. So like, I wasn't going anywhere, but it, you know my gaming buddies were the ones that were hanging out more than anything else. So even after I got the cast off, I'm like, hey, guess what? Football's not for me. Not interested in going back to that again. <laughs> Wait, think, yeah, the
1: coach was like, hey, and you're like, get away from me. <laughs>
0: no, stay away. Um, so yeah, that that kind of led me into getting more and more into the tabletop stuff. So that's my, you know, there there's my tabletop background story that you didn't ask for, but you had to uh, listen to anyways. You asked a auxiliary question that ended up there. Yeah, well, it's one of those like I, I just go through the full thing because otherwise I'm gonna get a you know a half dozen emails. It only spawns
1: more, right? Right.
0: So that that should be most of it. But it, again, this is my chance to say because I try to say it in most of the videos like if you ever want to email me anything, Josh at I'm usually down to talk about whatever. Because why not? So Colin, are you missing being in battle reports? Yes. I can't remember. Did you go to college and finish before working at Wargaming and study video? So, I.
1: Started, when I first started at Mini Wargaming, I was a co-op student, then got a job the summer before I moved away for school and then worked every summer because I had moved to Toronto uh, and then come back for the summer living at, just staying at my parents' house. Um, So then I did that all four years and now I'm back. So school's done. I'm here. Um, And yes, I did study video. I went to a Toronto school for film. Uh, and are you making any videos on the side at any moment? Do you want to make any in the future? Uh, of course. Um, I so while I do the video editing, I have like a small business where I do uh, real estate photography and videography. So that's just kind of like my side business. Of just brings in pretty much can help me buy the models and and you know that just a little bit of extra income. And again, just I get to use my camera and that kind of stuff. So. Uh, whenever I can, um, like, for example, I just uh, I just shot my cousin's wedding a couple months ago, so once the Crimson Fists are done, that's actually like the next project I have to work on is an editing project. So yeah, I, I still try to do it as much as I can, um, but obviously with working here and editing almost all day, like, I don't always like to do it on the weekends, but yeah, I always like filming things and whenever, uh, there's definitely a couple projects I've always had in mind that when financial situations align themselves, maybe maybe they'll get done. That's what I got. Cool. That's, that was the
0: three asked by Miso Miso for me. Uh, next we got Illic Nightspear. G'day from Australia. Josh, one of the armies that plays is Jukari and a lot of war gear, stratagems, attachment abilities, unit abilities, and so on that apply negative leadership modifiers and influence the morale phase for their opponents. However, in addition to the 9th edition uh, morale phase changes, I find that most factions of the game have arbitrary abilities that provide bonuses to their leadership test, or allow leadership test rerolls that make the morale phase strategy pretty ineffective. As a Night Lords player who's familiar with the morale phase strategy, how do you think this strategy can be used effectively? Or do you think G could change this strategy more effective? Yeah, so okay. The, the, for me, it's not even like the other factions' abilities, it's the fundamental changes they made to the morale phase. And that before, it was when you did your check, that would also tell you how many guys ran. So there was a degree of control over it. I didn't love the mechanic, but you could tell that like the Night Lord's rules were written with that in mind. Yep. <clears throat> now, obviously with the new change, where you when you fail, you, only one guy flees, and then you roll the, you know, the ones. Like, uh, you roll a D6 for every model left in the unit. On a one, they flee. Or if it's under half strength, on ones and twos. Th- the whole morale phase strategy doesn't work anymore. Like, it didn't It didn't work before, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Like, it was kind of cool. It but didn't like, work for the rules it was written for, let alone the rules it wasn't written for. And that being said, like, I know some people are typing, like, you could kind of skew into it, and it was kind of one trick pony, but with the same amount of effort, it, you could have a more reliable way just to kill stuff instead of relying on the whole morale phase thing. It was cool when it happened, whatever, but and people that played it a lot know what I mean. Like, And I think
1: it's one of those mechanics that, like, if morale is too much of a factor, I think it's too good or too important. It, 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 I think it's that weird thing in the game because nobody likes having all their guys run away. Yep. That that doesn't feel great in the game, so you don't want to have it happen too often, but then the armies where it's flavorful for you still want it to happen without making your opponent feel bad, and it's that weird, again, kind of tiptoeing around that without
0: making anybody upset. Right. So I think if they went more of the way of... You know, making it more effective to make people run away is fine. Um, it could be one of those, you know, they get a, they get minus one to the die result of every, um, yes. you know, uh, unit that has to take tests near Night Lord, or something like that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the combat attrition test, I think that's what it's called. Do something like that. You look at the mechanic of, uh, I think the stratagem's is called prey on the Week, where if you have a higher leadership value than the target you're fighting, you get plus one to hit. Okay. These kind of things are the right yeah, way to use that's that, cool. that morale mechanic. Um, yeah,
1: something like yeah, like if you're a higher leadership that they're harder to hit you because they're afraid of you or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Right? They got
0: to take a morale test at a penalty and if they fail, minus they one might as well hit. To hit. Like, yeah. There's a number of different, more interesting things they can do with it. Um. So I eagerly await to see what they will do with that. Yeah, I, that, uh, I th- that I think gets around a lot of the other problems that I was saying with just guys running away. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's got to be a multi-tier thing. Because if you just make it guys run away, then every other book you write, any mechanic you have to make it harder for guys to run away affect that one army. Yeah. they got to do it the other way. The night lords have to influence the core rules in interesting ways. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's what they've got to do. That'd be super cool if they did. Um, we got Mortos Dersol... <laughs> Josh, thank you for in- introducing me to the K.O., the Carrier Overlords. I'm just getting into Sigmar, and I enjoy playing a shooting army that actually does well in the shooting phase. Uh, ballistic skill four up on my T.O. drives me insane. I know there have been some concerns about the spell and the bottle artifact, but I enjoy seeing it. Are you planning on keeping it in your lists? Um, okay, so like the Zelfin list that I like to play, there's, okay, so first of all, Trevor at Bristle is working on 10 more Thunderers, so I'm finally getting my Thunderers just for nice. the regular rifles which will kind of be able to change up how I play and let me use proper models and not feel so bad about it. Uh, Yeah, I'm not gonna shy away. I don't think spell and bottle is super overpowered. I think the Zilfin list makes very good use of it. Mm -hmm. But then again, you're paying for a endless spell that you can use once. If you use your once per game ability to move in the hero phase, like that's what makes it really good. It's pretty one trick pony and I don't think it's that, like it's good, but it's not that good. And <clears throat> that being said, I mean, like, I, it's still pretty good, but it's not one of those like they gotta get rid of it. I gotta stop using it. The War Lightning Vortex probably my favorite, but there's a couple other ones like the the Sigmar Meatball, whose name I can't remember. The Comets um, would be a good one. There's some other interesting ones in there. So I don't think I'll bring it in every list, but like as far as like the list is like. The way I try to do it is, if somebody comes forward, and they're like, "Hey, look, I got this list. This list has been doing well. Throw something that's good at it." Like that Zilfin list will be probably the one I bring. Almost like a go-to strong. Yeah, like go-to strong list. Let, let's rumble. Yep. So that's where like the Zilfin list you'll probably only see from now on when one of the guys I'm playing against goes, "Hey, I think I got a way to beat that Zilfin list," which is actually the last game that Matt and I played. That's what we did. Is that okay? You know, I had well, I, I had said, "Hey, I want to try the Zilfin list again." it's pretty close to where I want it to be, even though I played like once or twice before because uh, we we don't get a whole lot of time to play off camera obviously and practice. But I'm like, I think I got this tweaked almost exactly where I want it to be and uh, I'm like, bring a really tough list. So I explained what my list does. Matt understood he brought a list that somehow I hard countered. Oof. I'm like, build a list that will you know beat this. Oof or give it a really good fight like bring a really competitive list and it was very early into the game he figured out oh now I better understand why this isn't gonna work and I don't have enough experience with yep. uh, AOS to really be able to, to look be able his to look at li- yeah. I, I don't know how his stuff works but yeah so that'll stay in the list um I think there's other lists where I'd probably still bring it but like honestly I think the idea of bringing a allied order wizard and bringing one of the endless spells that he'd be able to cast later on would be the way to go for that okay yeah, spell in a Bottle, pretty cool, um, but not that great. And glad you're enjoying the KO. I think they're a super, super cool faction. They are probably my favorite faction. In, you know, they are my favorite faction in Age of Sigmar. Like if I had to be like looking at them overall, like I love the ogres, um, but it's because they're ogres. I like the KO more. I think they're cooler. I like boats. Boats, boats, boats. Uh, we got Donning777. Cullen, will you be playing some Tau battles anytime in the near future? Would love to see some more Xenos versus Imperial bat reps. You do some awesome work in the background. Thanks. Thank you very much, sir. Um, again, probably, probably not any Tau
1: anytime soon. But it's not like I've abandoned that army. And once the Crimson Fists are done, I, I do plan on going back to finish them. Probably, probably Far
0: Side Enclave. Ooh, that's cool donnie777 hey josh loving the coverage of other imperial forces it would be possible to see more soup lists i know they eat command points but it would be nice to see a lot more of the other armies also when will the death watch be coming off the shelf okay so the way that i usually handle the armies i play is i've got the stuff i like to collect but then like i'll talk to whoever's playing and it's one of two things either i'll come in one day or you talk about it the day before and say hey look i got an idea for a list um this is what I kind of want to bring. Bring something to play against that. Mm-hmm. You know? Or the other way, like, the, the other guy's doing the same sort of thing. So the soup lists are one of those. They're pretty awful. So usually, because they eat up command points like crazy. Yeah. like, I, I've only got so much I can effectively soup with right now. Um, th- so the idea is that when somebody comes forward and brings, like, a kind of, like, hey, I got this weird list I want to try. Like, I don't know if it's any it's good or not. Then I'll build soup lists for that. I very rarely will go like, I got a soup list I really want to play. Somebody make something to play against mm. my soup list. Okay. So that's when you'll see the soup list show up. Um, I played one against Luka not that long ago. The um, yesterday? Yeah.
1: Uh, I was like, that one? The one that's in the, <laughs> the actually, side yeah, table? It's,
0: it's pretty much over there. Uh, Scion and uh, Knights. Knights. Because I'm waiting for some, I'm really waiting for that Forgeable book to show up. And actually, same with the second part of the Death Watch. Um, Death Watch, I played once in Ninth Edition, and I'm gonna throw him under the bus because I find it a little bit funny. Uh, Matt deleted that one by mistake.
1: Mistake?
0: No, it, it was it was for sure a mistake. He was so bummed about it, and it was Death Watch versus uh, Nids in yeah. early uh, Ninth Edition. It's probably, like, that's maybe the third ninth ninth edition game I played. It was. Maybe second. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Death Watch, it's when the book's out. Because I basically said, like, I didn't want to touch them until the book came up. No idea when the book was coming up. Obviously, when we're filming now, the book's almost here. So, I'll be happy to be playing them. But it's also one of those, like, oh, I, I, I've done a very poor job of managing my personal finances. <laughs> Uh, to be perfectly honest. So that's where it's like, I hope I don't have to spend a lot of money to get my Death Watch to a point that, you know, they are going to make sense and be decent. I hope not. But we'll see. I'm, I'm still going to play them, but they, they they might be one of those ones that, you know, you see them, I honestly think you're going to see them in Incursion a bunch. Okay. Like full 2,000 points Death Watch. Eh, 1,000 points Death Watch, yeah. I see. That sounds cool. Those little boards. Okay. Uh, next up we got Howzam. Uh, no, this is from Matt. Never mind. Uh, You're forgotten.
1: No, I think this is is this for us? Because Matt said something about it, so he's referencing. Oh, selling Matt's.
0: some of your old inventory. Uh, if you go to sell, okay. So basically, talking about selling old inventory stuff. Okay, so the the main thing for this is yeah. If we, I'm of the mindset, and I'm not the one in charge when it comes to this stuff. We got a lot of stuff we don't use. Get rid of it. We got, up space. We have a lot.
1: Uh, and, like, and it's been years of collecting things. And, you know, it, it's, there's been so many different philosophies when collecting armies over the years. Between just buy it, uh, buying and getting painted up by individuals, buying and getting painted up by a bunch of different painters. So, there's been so many different things in some of those collections. Because these are... Ten-year-old collections, eight-year-old collections.
0: However, some it's it's such a mix. Well, that's where like I'm I'm the one where like I I only use my own stuff really. Like the I use the Studio AdMac because it's I wasn't gonna buy the AdMac because the Studio AdMac's good enough for me to use. Yep. And then the same with the Studio KO. Um, but it's a big mess. If it was up to me, I I'd honestly probably sell at least fifty percent of the stuff we have here, get rid of it, get it to somebody that can fix it up and use it and have fun with it, whatever. Get it out of my hair. Mm-hmm. But that's not gonna happen, yet. Maybe we'll know. Who Maybe. knows? We'll see. But yeah, all the old War Machine Horde stuff—we're not gonna cover that anytime soon.
1: Yeah, we got a we got a back room that's full of a lot of old stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Cool. So it's a scary back room of like, I think a lot of people would be, uh, I don't even know, like like
0: excited to see like just this this mountain of stuff, but it's it's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Mylan again. At Josh, I've got to say I'm immensely grateful to you for everything you've done for Horse Heresy and the Night Lords in particular over the last few years. Well, thank you. That's very kind. I love that game system. I used to be very negative on the Night Lords. I believe Night Lords were cowards, criminals, and overall just a legion of losers. Even more so than the Black Legion. Oof. No, they're the worst of the worst. Oof. I don't get. Like, I joke about it, but like, how can anybody cheer for the Black Legion? Like, they, they are. I don't know. Abaddon's pretty cool. But like, I only, now, I say that, I only say
1: that knowing only 30k Abaddon.
0: Oh, 30k Abaddon, 30k Abaddon, Abaddon,
1: pretty cool. I don't know anything about 40k Abaddon. 30k Abaddon, (sighs) cool dude, cool dude. So, I, I, uh,
0: maybe a year from now I'll be like, why did I ever say that? I don't know, so I don't know enough pop culture references. Like, it's like if I met somebody and they're like, hey, you know, like, like, people are like Black Legion, like, knowing the lore, how it all works. Like, if somebody came to you tomorrow and was like, hey, you know what? Like, I just, you know, David Hasselhoff in the last couple of years seems like a really awesome guy. And I'm just, you know, super, like, this guy's awesome. He just like, like maybe if you were cheering for them right from the get-go, but uh, who cares? They're, they're not relevant. They're awful. Ugh. Nobody cares. Ooh, it's Black Legion. And then something happened. Something monumental happened, and it completely changed my opinion on the Night Lords. I was kicked in the head by a horse. (laughs) I like that, it's pretty good. Yeah, the Night Lords are, uh, the Night Lords are written in such a way that it's a lot of fun to hate on them. It's a lot of fun to root for them. It's just, they're they're, they're written in a way that I find very entertaining one way or another. And the Black Legion for me is pretty much the opposite. Uh, Honestly, if I started reading more of the ADB uh, Black Legion stuff, I'd probably like them a little bit more, but no, I like where I'm at for, chirping them
1: yeah honestly it's you get you can really align yourself with depending on what books and things you read but like who's got time
0: to read all those books you only read so many many books I don't know why did I why did I bring up David Hasselhoff all people I'm I'm just just trying to think of (laughs) somebody who hasn't done anything (laughs) to be honest the last thing I remember David
1: Hasselhoff in was the Spongebob movie Okay. Yeah. That's this like that's what I see in my head when I think of David Hasselhoff was like him running or like him like with SpongeBob and Patrick on his back. Yeah. Like that's. Yeah. That's the thirteenth Black Crusade.
0: <laughs> <in> SpongeBob movie. <laughs> yeah, cool, I guess. Just
1: flying through. Can someone make that? Can someone make like f- like replace like a a chaos battle cruiser with just the David
0: Hasselhoff from the SpongeBob movie? <laughs> please. Uh, mentality. Josh and Cullen, will you please leave a comment for Luca? You know, I'll leave a comment for him. Like, on this video? Yeah, I guess so. I'll leave one for him. Sure. You're going to ask him a question? I'll try to remember. Uh, maybe I should make a fake account. <laughs> but, like, one that he should realize is me. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> Zeno Scum. Well, hello, Zeno Scum. Question. Hi, Mini Wargaming. Long time fan. Your narrative campaigns got me into Mini Wargaming. The question is with Vito. Having left Mini Wargaming, is there any plan to continue or restart the Necromunda narrative campaign with a different producer? As far as I know, that's more of a back question. I got no idea. I haven't heard him talk about it.
1: I know that I, there is no plans to return to the one that they had left unfinished. Whether they will do another one? I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's got plan for it. I don't know, the new Plague Doctor model from Necromunda looks cool.
0: It looks super cool. So Kurt appropriate to timing. You. Yes. For a big mask. <laughs> hey Colin, it's been a while since I saw you play Skaven. I'm slowly growing my eighth edition army because it's yes. such a fun game. What's your favorite Skaven unit slash model and why? Can be lore or rules related. Also I'm looking to get a Vermin Lord kit. What's your favorite Vermin Lord build slash model? So, Vermin Lord first.
1: To be honest, I've never actually fielded one. Uh, I have one that uh, I got when I bought somebody who was getting out of AOS's army. So, like, I do have a Vermin Lord. He actually magnetized it all, so I could do it any way I want. Um, I just have not got around to painting it. Uh, I I do have to strip it, and I think that's what's, like, scaring me, is it's such a big model with delicate pieces. And I know that it wouldn't take a lot of effort to strip it because it's not, like, heavily caked in paint, but I just haven't gotten there yet but I do love that model I love four looks alone the warp seer the one who has the the globe um, and he's like a gray seer so I, I've always loved the gray seers and the fact that it's like a, a vermin lord gray Seer, sweet and the fact that he can throw the globe is cool too um, favorite unit or model so I guess unit is probably storm vermin I just think that that is it is a great kit. Both for like the Skaven aesthetic and the look of fantasy and how well that kit ranks up, uh, I love it. Uh, I think that's super cool. Like the like the elite the elite rats are still not great, uh, and like like their stat lines are not different. And it's funny other than initiative and I think leadership, but everything else is the same. So our weapon skills better, but uh, and then model is the Lord Nurglech model. I love the big fat rat on a big fat rat. Such a great old school model, and uh, I recently painted one up within the past year, and that was, that was one of those models. I saw it, and I hadn't seen it before, and I was like, I have to own that, then found it on like an actual reselling Canadian old models, and it was like really good price, so it was just like, well, great timing for me to find it, buy it, paint it up, great.
0: Rats. I like it. Yeah, they are cool. That Storm Vermin kit is cool. I didn't realize that that'd that'd be your favorite though. I thought you would've picked like the Doom Wheel or something. No, I I love a Doom Wheel. Oh man,
1: no, I think it's a Hell Pit Abomination. Dang it. (laughs)
0: Like
1: the Hell Pit Abomination's just ridiculously amazing. Ah, I could sit here and talk about rats forever. So, I'll I'll, I'll say like, unit to Storm Vermin kit is Hellpit abomination. Character is Nurgleich. Ha ha, ha ha.
0: Rich, rich one. Hey, Colin. I always enjoy watching your fancy bat reps together with Steve. Have you thought about starting a 40k army and show up on some bat reps? Talked about that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, as there are no artillery dice in 40k, and hence no risk of misfire, please <laughs> consider doing so. Uh, by the way, don't uh, please don't overcharge your plasma. I see all the ones coming to compensate for the misfire. Yeah, I was actually, I didn't
1: even read the end of your comment there. I'm like, well, technically Plasma, but I have zero, uh, I guess, want to do that right now. I have some Hellblasters from, uh, was it Darken, Darken Period?
0: Like I think? the starter set one. Yeah, is that what it's called, Darken
1: Period? <coughs> I think no. it was, yeah. Yeah, whatever that one was. Um, yeah, I have some, but no interest in doing Plasma. But yes, 40k army, Crimson Fists in the open vault should be. Watch it if you're a Vault member, you'll see it soon. I'm, I'm super happy with how it's being painted, so it just
0: takes a long time. Next up we got Baron Von Bobo. Colin, what's been your favorite video to edit slash produce? What has been your least favorite video to edit slash produce? Uh, so for that one, uh,
1: honestly, I had a lot of fun doing the new uh, second edition retro campaign. And it was just the fact that it had an aesthetic that went with it, with that like old school VHS vibe. It doesn't even seem like that much, but just even getting to use different transitions, uh, just thinking about things in a slightly different way. Uh, I, I just, that was a lot of fun and that was getting to kind of just use some of the creative juices. I, I don't always have like a lot of avenues to use it. So when a project like that, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, I was I'm I'm very happy with that. Uh, least favorite video. Okay, we'll be honest here, guys.
0: I think I know what it is. Honestly, if I'm right
1: though, it's the Iron Brush.
0: Oh right. That was
1: both so much fun and simultaneously the worst because it was the most footage ever, and the editing it down and trying to get it all cohesive and trying to. Ugh, ugh.
0: I kind of thought you were gonna say Necron Codex review.
1: <laughs>
0: That's funny. That, that one, one, you were like, like under such a time crunch.
1: like That one was just like, oh, I have like an hour to edit these two videos. Oh, wait, one of them's two hours long. Why did you do this to me? Yeah, and then you got the longer
0: one, which was like four. That was so funny. That was so funny. Yeah. Uh, so also, my wife has started a new YouTube channel. My question, what are some of your favorite production software slash suites? Okay, so... That's a... I I
1: can help with this one. Um, So here at Mini Wargaming, we use Adobe. So that's Premiere Pro and, like, Photoshop and After Effects and whatever. I don't use After Effects that much, to be honest. Um, But mostly Adobe. But if she's new and just getting into it, um, Adobe can be a lot. Um, It is a software that, if you read online and and hear other people talk about it, it, it really is... You almost partly have to be a software engineer to like operate it properly because when you have issues with it, the technical problems are headache inducing. So um, from a personal standpoint, like Adobe Premiere is the professional level you don't always need to be, but it really helps if you have a tech IT kind of mindset because eventually something's going to come up and you'll need to know how to fix it. And whether it's just Googling or calling tech support. So it, it's a hassle, uh, I love it. it, it's been a great product, I've used it for literally 10 years, like I've been using it since I was 15. Um, now obviously it's many editions ago, but, uh, so that's that's great if, if you really wanna dive in that way. Um, but personally for my own stuff, I use DaVinci Resolve, which is a, it used to be a very expensive color correction software, it is now, they put a lot of money into making it a, very good editing software that has the wonderful um, color correction things in it, and it's free. It, it is pretty much free, 100%. Now, there are, like, rendering 4K, using some of their, like, denoising, some of their special effects, but if you just want to, like, cut, edit, render 1080p video, DaVinci Resolve, it's, it is, again, it is a big professional software, so it does take, some level of computer knowledge, but I think that is, I personally think that that's the best software going forward for video editing. So that's my sense. I apologize if anyone thought that was really boring.
0: I hope your wife does well in her YouTube channel <coughs> pursuit. I'm curious to see what kind of channel it was. Email me, I'm curious. Uh, next we got catfish 666 Beardboy and Rat Rascal. Love it, Together, love it. <laughs> Together again, fighting crime <laughs> in the forces of Xenos. A couple of questions. Cullen, I'm looking to get into and more specifically Pestilence. Where's a good place to start?
1: Buy a lot of start collecting Pestilence. Um, you need a lot of Plague Monks, so... What game system are you giving uh, him advice for? AOS, I guess. Okay. Oh, did he say AOS? I don't think he specified, so oh. that's why I'm curious. That's a fair point. I assumed you meant AOS, in which case, lots of Plague Monks. Um, if you're doing fantasy you don't need the as many like a brick of 50 is fine you might want a couple smaller units but you're still gonna have to focus you still need to fill out your core in your your clan rats and your other stuff so don't in fantasy it's a lot harder to skew perfectly into that unless you get um, I believe it's Throt the unclean and then you can bring plague monks as core so if you really want to go that way then I would look into finding a Throt model so you can run him and bring your Plague Monks' as core, if you're playing fantasy.
0: I think that's, that's, that's. That's, that's oh. the advice? Yeah, to Plague Monks. Josh, I love when you make Matt transform into salty boy. <laughs> Thank you for that, it really makes me laugh. Okay, so like, any kind of joking aside, like, does he only get that salty with me? Like, do I really bring up the oh, no. the, the most saltiness oh, no. in him? no.
1: Funny because what I'll say is, I know when I'm editing a Matthew battle report because when I'm dragging stuff into the timeline, there's like big long clips where it's <laughs> yeah, you see that it's a <laughs> very long
0: clip, and you can there's there's the two audio streams, right? Yeah,
1: and usually it's I could see the one person say nothing and just Matthew. It's ah, there's
0: some salt there. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was, I can't remember which, uh, I can't remember which one it was. I want to say it was Imperial Knights versus Town. And, like, because I got him right, like, turn one. <laughs> was like, it was weird to see that. Like, normally I don't let see that pattern until later in the game. Yeah, it was It was early. <coughs> Pandemic aside, what are some of your hobbies? Uh, honestly, I need more hobbies right now. Because <coughs> I don't make use of the ones that I, I enjoy. So, uh, like, I'm a firearms kind of gun nut sort of guy. But, uh... Uh mostly because of the whole pandemic shutdown. Like, I don't have a firearms club membership anymore, so I don't really go shooting anymore. Uh, the clubs around here, I mean, they're they're great, but they're also, eh. Because uh, it's mostly handgun clubs around here, and I own a couple of handguns, but, like, I want to get out and shoot my rifles. Um, and then also, not to get into it too much, but the, the, the government has decided that... Um, this hobby is not super conducive to be able to do certain things, so I'm kind of waiting because uh, some of my stuff right now I'm not allowed to go use, and um, I'm in a holding pattern to. In see. that weird
1: transitional period. Well,
0: yeah, but they 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 it's not even the transition because they said they don't know what they're gonna do with it, so it's it's. They don't even know. So yeah, they. Basically, I've got stuff that's on a list that they're thinking of essentially banning. But they're not, they refuse to come up with the plan of like, what am I supposed to do with this stuff? Like, do I, classic, yeah. Do I get grandfathered in and I can use them? Is it going to be a buyback? So mm-hmm. that's got me kind of like, just kind of fussy about the hobby overall and not really making use of it. Um, other than that, like, I, I'm starting to do a little bit more computer gaming, uh, even though I, ha- I haven't had a whole lot of time for it at all. Uh, mm-hmm. I started playing War Thunder again. Because I'm like, you know what? Like, I haven't felt like I'm going to have, like, a heart attack recently. So, like, I guess I should start playing this game that stresses me out a ton again.
1: <sighs>
0: it again. Do you want to come play War Thunder with me one time? No, I don't like Honestly, stressful like, games. Honestly, it, like, it's, it's well, it won't be stressful for you. <laughs> Trust me. Like, low tier, super fun. I see. Yeah. You, you, so you need me so I can bring down your rank? No, not even that. Because I, I, I don't think it actually, Wow. Well, they don't keep track of the stats that way. No, it's just it's just fun to go play with other people. Like once you get into the, like, the higher tier stuff, that's when it becomes less fun. Uh, what about you? What are your, your outside of work hobbies? Painting? Uh, <laughs> I think it's honestly like,
1: I, I think about it's just like, I do a lot more of this stuff. It's either uh, paint, miniatures, uh, paint walls, because I do some painting in my free time as another side thing with my brother Uh, video film stuff whenever I get an opportunity to and then watch movies videos and YouTube I don't know I think I'm pretty boring in that sense like I'm kind of in that not a rut but like a happy little cycle I guess (laughs) of uh, at least right now it's just
0: a lot of painting a lot of painting yeah cool uh, we got Big Mikey here. Josh, when you get in the Ares gunship for custodes, so you can be that guy. Um, honestly, like, that's not even on my radar right now. to get that silly thing. Uh, who knows? We'll see what the, the forge world rules for it are. I've never been inspired to get it. If I, if, like, even the Marauder, like, I got the, um, Marauder because one of the guests that came in, had one that he didn't intend on getting painted up. He's like, I have it, I don't want to do anything with it. Um, and I was also, you know, I had a tank that I, does uh, like a super heavy tank that I'm like, it's a weird, can like scratch built slash conversion-y kind of thing, like I'm not gonna do anything with it. And we're like, do you wanna just trade? And so we did that. But yeah, the big plane, uh, the, the, my desire to have one of those has been filled by the destroyer. So if I had the opportunity to get the Ares for a decent price, if I found somebody selling a used one, uh, maybe I'd go for it if it was the right price, okay. Just to have one, but I'm not like actively seeking it out. Uh, also, if you ask Steve about boring his truck for it, the plan, so just saying, if you're gonna have your own superhero vigilante group, would you drive around in a big Ford F one fifty or Camaro? Mikey doesn't agree with me. He thinks you, you drive around he in a Camaro. Or no, the he wants, the, he he thinks the truck is the right way to go.
1: Uh, I say nay nay. To say, like, I've seen people get out of the Camaro. It's low. It's you don't, you don't get out of the thing quickly. So I don't know how well it's going to be for uh,
0: superheroes. Colin, have you seen the sloth onesie thing that was posted to the Mini Wargaming Facebook page about two weeks ago? No. If not, should go look at it and purchase it, just saying. I did not know that there was a giant sloth onesie thing posted
1: to the, I will check that out, sir. <laughs> I like funny. sloths
0: just want to see you sitting in that editing, talking really slow. Hello. Okay, we're going to jump over to YouTube, but we went way over time. Colin's bad at his job. Oh, wait, that was my job. <laughs> right. Uh, so let's jump through some of these here. Uh, trying to avoid the ones that were from Matt. Because like I said, YouTube's a little bit more chatty. i uh, got Jake Dog. Cullen. Cullen? Colin, Coolin. He's trying to figure out how to spell your name, but he got it right the first time. C u l l e n. What kind of puppy do you have or want?
1: So I don't have puppy. I'm I'm more of a cat person personally, but I I love dogs too. Um, if I had to have anything, bull terrier. Love me a bull terrier. Okay. Not a not a chug. No, my sister's got two chugs. Chihuahua pugs.
0: They're interesting. Interesting. Uh, We got Chase Leibenguth. 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 That's not it. But whatever. It's what I'm going to call you. Uh, The best I can do. The old Warhammer fantasy world had a number of different human nations beyond the Empire, such as Astalia, uh, Araby, and even more. Uh, Which of these would you like to see incorporated into future releases for Cities of Sigmar or even as a separate faction? Any thoughts on that one? mm I think there's just a lot of things that could
1: be done, and like i'm there there there's not one that like i that's the one you
0: gotta do I think any of them would be cool personally, yeah I think with a lot of it like for a o s like uh... The city of Sigmar is like a holdover of a lot of old pre existing models. So, like, if you're going to do humans, like, why do you got to do humans that? Because, like, all these different nations uh, for fantasy were based upon some real world stuff for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if, if for AOS, I would, I would. You know, seeing any of those models for, like, fantasy, super excited for that. That would be right. cool. But to do, like, like take one of these old nations that existed in fantasy that was kind of just had the flavor of something that's real world and that's then true. put that into AOS, I'm like, eh, that's kind of just too many steps removed, like, whatever. I'd, I'd like to see them do something entirely different for Age of Sigmar.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very fair as well.
0: That's where I'm at with that. Uh, Jake Dog, Joshy, Josh, Joshua, you got a puppy yet? Uh, No, I haven't got a dog yet. Uh, The wife and I have decided that uh, we're gonna give it a little bit of time, uh, probably the winter, and then um, decide where we wanna go from there. I still gotta get uh, a fence put up in the backyard, uh, which is actually something that Cullen's gonna help with, but I gotta get around to getting the measurements uh, so we can kind of price some stuff out. Uh, But yeah, so right now we are still dogless. I'm doing better with it than I was before, but I couldn't have been doing much worse than I was before. So there's that. Um, Senior dies. That Among Us game with all the mini Wargaming crew would be amazing.
1: I think Luca would beat us all. Luca loves playing those social deduction games. He plays them a lot with his friends. So I have a good feeling that like Luca, <laughs> Lu- honestly, Luca would just troll us all. He'd win every time,
0: whether he was good or bad. He'd just troll us all. I feel like I could get him frustrated enough that he'd be off his game. Maybe because like Luca is a better Warhammer. He's a better. He's a better War gamer than I am in every game system. But I can get him upset enough that it throws him off his game. It's fair.
1: It's fair. Oh, uh, that would be, that would be a lot of fun. I would. I. I would love to do that. That yeah, I
0: would do that in a heartbeat. This is what like honestly, <laughs> going to give you a little window into Mini Wargaming and how it works here. For any of these kind of like weird, fun side things. Um, and Cullen will probably agree with me. If like I was like, I really want to do this kind of random, goofy thing, I would wait for Matt to not be around. Because he likes to use logic. And Dave likes to have fun. Fair. And would be like, just wait for Matt to happen to not be around and go, you know what, Dave? We should do this. Yeah, fair. Let's just start doing it. Look.
1: Look, you can buy them Space Marine hats. Can you actually? I don't know. I know you can buy hats and skins in that game, so I don't know. If you literally could, you'd be like, look, it's Uh. got a corn helmet.
0: Uh. (laughs) Because Matt likes using logic and thinking about things and planning them out. Me, on the other hand, I just, you know, do goofy fun things and figure out the logistics later. Okay, next guy. I can't even think of the clever way to say your name um but obviously matt avoided saying your name but i'm on to you letter f on youtube question for josh and cullen what uh, do your favorite non-competitive army lists look like i love glass cannon armies but rarely succeed in playing them i seem to do best with heavy armor and heavy infantry even though they are less fun for me what's your favorite non-competitive list look like i have always been
1: just in terms of gaming i like the uh what, what I guess some of you would know more is like the Luca kind of play style, which is like that, that grindier style of play. Um, the tough, not uber killy, but I'm just going to sit there and be resilient and consistent for as long as possible. That's, I guess, my style of how I always like kind of gaming. Or, or just the most shots fast as possible, one or the other.
0: Yeah, because rarely do I ever build lists where it's like I'm trying to compete. Like I try to build lists in a style that I like, and mm-hmm. then figure out how to be competitive with them. So like my lists are always like anything. Like if I can find a way to have a lot of heavy shock cavalry kind of thing, yep, uh, that's me, hundred percent. You know I I like that
1: feel. Those like almost like
0: guaranteed winning combat units or what? Um, like like that kind of stuff. It's one of those. You know like it's it's it's. The the concept of the big charge is kind of you know okay. not guaranteed winning combat, but like guaranteed this is gonna hurt. Yeah, that things are gonna die once this combat happens, right. right? So like no matter what brick I'm gonna hit into, like I will break through and then we have the battle. Yep. Okay. Like so for your silly little grindy armies, like, no no, I'm gonna I'm gonna concentrate my forces somewhere to smash through and then we'll see who can clean up the mess better after and that person wins. Mm-hmm. So, that that's pretty much every army I play.
1: <laughs> and I think it you know, thinking about your
0: list and stuff, like, you can see that in the list. 100% in all of them. Like, I think the biggest departure in playstyle would be my uh, Scions. Because they are pretty glass cannon. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, they really, really are uh next we have charles schaefer at josh i have a few questions for you do you still accept space marine pauldrons from fans for your death watch bums me out i didn't give you one last time i visited plays mordians and we'll probably still play them in ninth when i play again uh what do you think slash hope gw will do with the regimental doctrine okay i'm talking about the regimental doctrine first because we'll get that out of the way i don't know they gotta do something the the mordian one sucks and that was a, so like the Mordians are cool looking and that's where like it makes sense but like the in my mind the regiment doctrine was always one of the very weakest ones uh, which I didn't care about cuz like I played them cuz they they looked cool. Yep. But then they nerfed the um the stratagem which I in like a big competitive sense I could see where it was Superpower, but generally speaking, I bet ninety-five percent of the people using that stratagem weren't abusing it in any kind of. It was a fun kind of narrative, goofy little thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you know, they, they they swing in with the the nerf hammer to change that. Uh, I, I'm just so bummed where they're at with it. Like the regimental doctrine was one of the weakest. Now it's almost pointless. Like, what's the point? Um, I don't care what they do with it. Just change it. To Something that makes sense because well, I feel like for for not for the Overwatch stuff, like the armies that do the better Overwatch yep. kind of thing, except for the Tau when 9th edition came out, they didn't really do much about that. They're like, Well, yeah, like you only get to Overwatch once now, but you do it twice as good as anybody else, right? And was like it's, it, <laughs> that was such a big change, and I
1: remember hearing that, and I'm like, Well, I think Tau just lose every game, yep, but even. Even that, it's tough. Like, even though they still can, it's still not what it was.
0: So that's where it's just one of those, like, yeah, just do something to represent the Mordians nicely. Don't leave them kind of in the dust, forgotten about. Yep. Really disappointed what they've done with Overwatch Ninth edition, so. Um, I feel like even throwing a bone to the armies that do that Overwatch thing, other than Tao, who kind of got, like, one of those. Uh, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Because um, uh, do you remember exactly how the Tau one works? I believe it's just like it becomes an army rule overwatch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like uh, if they gave that to the Mordians a, let's hypothetically because again like I don't play tournaments whatever. I'm, I'm not I am not i don't have a super competitive mindset but they said for the Mordians like if you're Mordian regiment and if all of your uh, infantry are base to base you can overwatch. that really be that powerful? I don't think so. And saying like nice. if one of your vehicles is within three inches of another vehicle, because you're gonna get multi charged, it could overwatch. Is that really gonna break the game? Would that be would that be horrible for ninth edition? Like I think that would have been fine. I could definitely see like the the squad's going oh las guns. No, oh, look at these look at these las guns, you oh you got two hits with strength three, no AP. Oh right.
1: like I guess there might be an argument with the tanks, but I still don't see it being that bad. You're still only hitting on six, it's five, it's like
0: Ah, uh, again, I don't envy the job of the rules writers nope. at uh, G Dub because, like, there are it, there's so this is where when I talk about bloat, like, there's so many different factions and so many different things to consider, and what I think they've done very good at the higher competitive tiers of keeping things balanced and all that, but again, I am of the mindset. I don't play these games for tournament competitive. Like, I'm not finding all these goofy, cheesy combos. Like, there's some fun stuff I can do within Faction that's fun. But whatever. Um, But I think that the majority of the people that just play the game kind of for fun. Just the the, the changes that they're doing to affect um, some cheeseball tactic at the tournament level ripples down into the rest of people's collections for that faction and dramatically change things that none of the tournament guys are going to complain about how that affects all these useless units yeah the guys like me have because they look cool Mm -hmm. i'm like look at their nice pants and their fancy hats on my infantry guys right like so i i I get it and it's about striking that balance um honestly i think the game that does it the best for me right now is 30k Uh, Are there things that are unbalanced in 30K? Yeah, who cares? Who cares? Nothing's perfectly balanced. Stop trying to pretend like it needs to be for it to be a good game. Mm -hmm. Rant over. Uh, But yeah, if you want to send me a shoulder pad, sure, totally. Uh, uh, This is for my Death Watch. I don't have anybody right now without shoulder pads on them. Um, but oh. I think I gotta get to the point where I gotta buy some Primaris dudes. There'll, there'll be some Primaris. I was gonna say maybe just do it a Primaris one even. Well, like so the Primaris take the same shoulder pad except for I think the, I get, yeah, yeah, the Gravis true. Armor guys take the Terminator pad. Now the only thing I will say is that uh, for most of my Primaris they are the start collecting ones. So that means so I gotta off. carve a shoulder off to put the Death Watch one on and I would have to carve the other one off. I don't know how often I'm gonna be wanting to do that. Um, but I'm sure I'll be adding some regular Primaris guys in from some of the actual like, you, proper kits, I'll right? I'll probably be
1: making a Shapeways order, so if you need to order
0: some of those. Oh I need, that's I need a ton of Shapeways stuff for different for things. For anyone so, who
1: uses those ones and wants like the 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 squad markings, that's what I've done for all my Crimson Fists. I've used the, the, the Shapeways, it's just an emblem you stick on the existing shoulder pad, and that's been, I, I love it. And I literally just checked last night and my problem was that they do have like the tactical markings and stuff, but they weren't the ones in a circle for which is the ones that the Crimson Fist use. And they literally just updated it last night, so I got to place another order. Yeah. And my um, army that was done is not done, and I'm frustrated,
0: <laughs> but in a good way. Okay, so I think this is the last one for us here, uh, and this is a Shadling, and this one I could spend probably two hours talking about. I gotta find it. Uh, So at Josh, I've been attempting to find a good painting service for my future armies. Do you have any tips or tricks to help find a good service that's not too expensive for the quality you get? I'm also worried about time delays and scams. So yeah, I I pretty much get all my stuff commissioned. done. So I can talk about a number of different things, but it's not gonna be in any cohesive way. Um, So I can talk about my past experiences and my learnings when it comes to getting stuff commissioned painted. So first of all, for commission painting, I think the number one skill, in my opinion, to be a good commission painter is communication. That's the number one most important thing. And it's the one where you'll have people that, you know, that's where you run into issues. So I would take an average painter with excellent communication over an, uh, you know, excellent painter with average communication any day of the week. I, I feel like from the customer standpoint, that uh, makes 100% sense. Yeah. Um, because that's going to that's gonna take care of 99% of your issues. So talking about time delays, if they're a good communicator, you don't get to worry about that. So if you find somebody that's been doing commissions for a while and they give you a whole um, like an idea of how long things are going to take, it's probably going to be more accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not start any projects with somebody, uh, with any commission people that you have not used in the past if it's time sensitive. So if you're going to use somebody, like make sure, like if you get something time sensitive, you got to send it to somebody that you have, that's done work in the past that you know you can count on. Because it's, it's you got to build a relationship, you know. It's a it's a, it's it's not the simple. It's not like the go to the store kind of like I'm gonna go to the store and buy a pack of gum sort of relationship you have with that person that's providing that service. Right. You gotta you know you it, have it, to work together on this it, stuff. It really is is
1: that working with an artist kind of thing, and you got to build that relationship with them and underst- so that bo- both you can understand what they're able to provide, but also the artist is able to understand what you want.
0: Right. Now you got to be a good communicator too. So you'd be very clear on, so when you're working with somebody for the first time, I always say the best thing to do is a very small project to start. And so my starting place for a lot of the guys I use for commissions was, hey, you know, this is the, what I'm thinking about getting worked on. Can you do me a couple test models? And you have to be willing to pay for test models. And if you're not, you shouldn't get stuff commissioned painted. So... The idea is get them to do some uh, test models and that way you're paying for them and you're paying for whatever work they do to alter it. Mm-hmm. And once you've got it down to this is what I want, then you have to have the discussion of, okay, um, let's do a squad of five of them or you know let's do a, a, a batch of them. How long is that going to take for me to get it back? And what are you going to charge? Because at that point, they should have been able to figure out the manpower hours it took to do that model and give you a quote. Maybe not the final price, but a quote. Estimate. I should be able to get it done within this time frame for this much money for that. Cool. That's the next step. And then, you know, obviously good communication back and forth through there. Now, as far as decent prices, the thing is that you'll see a lot of people and a lot of the commission people are super cutthroat with each other, which I don't love. So you'll have some people and, you know, I'll ask a commission student, let's say, what's it take to, what's your cost per model for one of these, whatever it is in this scheme? And he might say 25 bucks a model. And then you go to another commission guy and he goes, I can do that for 20 a model. Okay, the next thing you gotta figure out is that, does that include alterations and touch-ups? Because, yeah, if somebody's painting something for you and everything goes absolutely perfect and they don't have to fix or touch up or change anything because you've changed your mind or didn't communicate well enough what you want, uh, is that cooked into the price or not? Because i got some guys where it's like, yeah, once once I've used them a bunch and I'm like, cool, I'm expanding my armies. Like the FK guys, uh, if I send my stuff towards them, they know what I want, the style I want, and how to do it. So they can say, yeah, it's going to cost this much. You might have other people give you a higher quote, and that's kind of like also alterations and all that. So you're taking that into account, right? Right, you know, like, so that's the thing, is like any kind of changes, like if I want you to change some stuff, like actually, you know what, like the eyes, I don't like being red, I want them green instead. Are you charging me for that or not? Mm -hmm. You know, Is that gonna cost me money or not? Or have you already factored that into the cost of the initial quote? Um, So that's an important thing to do. and make sure you're just straight up and honest. Like, I don't think anybody
1: gains anything by trying to hide anything from each other, whether it's prices or budget
0: or anything like that. People do it all the time though, because people will kind of try to um, uh, nickel and dime somebody on, well, you know, you're sure you don't want to charge this much. I think that's kind of high for this. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, I've had discussions in the past, with so a lot of my guys that I use, because uh, for whatever reason I'm possessive of them, uh, I do the basing myself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, I build the stuff myself. Because they're like, we don't like building, we don't like basing. Those are the only two things I like. <laughs> I hate painting. So I usually get a better deal per model because they're like, oh yeah, these are the parts of the job we don't like to do. Mm-hmm. So cool, the price changes. So you you might be able to, to, to develop that kind of a relationship with uh, somebody else. Um, I think it's very important Um especially with somebody doing commission work, that you uh, make sure that they are keeping track of the colors they use and they know how to reproduce that, and that you're also getting that information in case you decide to expand on the Army, not through them for whatever reason. Maybe they get sick. Maybe they're not doing it anymore. You want to be able to duplicate the
1: work. Right. They they now have a full-time job or, you know, they've transitioned whatever out it of it, at. whatever.
0: So, like, I'll use Trevor from Ink and Bristle uh, as a good example because I've, I've used him recently for a lot of stuff. Is that I, you know, went to him for the scions and I'm like, hey, yeah, you painted for the these for me like years ago. I want to expand on him. He's like, cool. Let me go check my Google Docs or whatever. I got the recipe there. That is what you want to hear. Super handy. And that was nice because now I've gotten more of the habit of when somebody does work for me, I'm like, hey. Let me know the recipe on how you did it. Not so I can duplicate it myself. It's just if something were ever to happen, I, I need to it's be a lot, to get more.
1: Yeah, and it's a lot easier to get that information now than trying to contact somebody else to get them painted. And you're like, okay, I got to go talk to, okay, hey, you two years ago, what did, what did you do?
0: Yeah, <laughs> what colors did you use? You know, like, so you got to have these kind of conversations with them. And have these conversations before you commit to some kind of giant project. Because you're going to end up getting disappointed with it. Uh, I like to use local guys whenever I can, uh, as it's just access is easier. Cause there's nothing worse than like, they send you pictures of a test model and then you get it in hand after you get the whole army done. I think we've all experienced
1: the the photo versus real life model difference for both sides of it. Sometimes the photo looks better, sometimes the photo looks worse. And it's just the lighting and the image quality and all of that that is too much of a factor when it's something this small and detailed.
0: Yeah, so like talking about some of the guys that I've used locally, like um, my buddy Dan from AxiRussian Gaming, uh, Ben Bradbury, um, that's done a, a lot of work for Mini Wargaming, as well as like uh, my Knights, because uh, Dan started the Knights, the first couple of them, and then mm-hmm. Ben did the, the the more recent set of them. Um, and then Trevor from Ink and Bristle and the guys from FK Paint Studios. I've used them enough now, and they know my expectations, what I like, that if I get a photo from them, cool, I know what's being represented. Yes. But to do that for the first time, so local is really nice. Uh, obviously, the bigger companies you go with, the safer you are as far as not getting like scammed or things like that. Yeah, If, if you have to get to the point of suing somebody, it's a lot easier to do it. Yep, yep. And I mean, like they've they've got the experience. So you've got people. You, you sometimes people get overwhelmed. Like there's there's been commission guys I've worked with in the past that they're like, hey, yeah, I realize like I'm super overwhelmed. This isn't for me, man. Like this isn't isn't my thing anymore. Uh, or maybe you know, um, I'm gonna so I'm gonna go ahead and embarrass myself, but I want to give him a shout out at the same time. Uh, Buffalo dude, what's his name? Why can't I remember his oh, name? Oh, Jordan. Jordan. Jordan, I can only call him Jeremy, and I'm like, I know it's not Jeremy. So Jordan, like, is if I want really nice characters done, I'll talk to Jordan, because uh, he's really good at that. Um, but then if I want whole armies done, I'm gonna talk to the FK guys instead. And that's even his, I believe that's his personal preference, right? He doesn't necessarily well, enjoy that's, doing that's that? That's the same thing too. And more experienced commissioned people, or slash companies, will know what they like doing. And whether that's certain models in particular, or, certain most, yeah, kind of or like certain armies that I guess they like doing? Even color palettes or stuff like that. Like you'll have some guys that, you know, like I just don't want to do yellow. Yep. So having a variety of people that you work with is always kind of handy dandy. Um, that being said, all of this, um, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Like I, I know there's one fella who, um, I won't mention who it is on here, but I had sent work to him in the past. He did uh, a lot of good work for Mini Wargaming and myself, as well as one of my buddies. And then on this last round, I sent him, I think it was a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff. Steve had sent him a ton of stuff. And so had Mini Wargaming, and he just, I guess, decided to stop flying and disappeared. Nothing you do and about it. Sucks. It wasn't like a big studio, and it was one where it's like, I don't get it. I, I have no idea what happened. So I guess you also have to be willing that, yeah, you might lose this stuff. You, 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 you got to be careful with who you would trust with your stuff. Because um, who knows? It it really is its own wild west out there. 100%. Like, I heard through the grapevine because I did some snooping around that, yeah, this guy's still around. It's not like he got hit by a car and just, you know, awesome. is, is not there anymore. Like, right. What, it, it wasn't something like that. I guess he just decided to steal my stuff. Okay. Such is life. You know what I mean? Right. Um, But, yeah, that's kind of, I guess. What I can say about the painting service stuff is that find somebody that likes doing the style of work that you want for a price you're happy with, but you got to make sure they're good at communicating mm-hmm. because that's the cornerstone to running an effective business in that sense. Don't find the best painter. Find the person that can provide the service you need. <laughs> I, think, I think that's huge, that, just that variation there. Yeah. But that's it. I think that's all. That was a long boy. Yeah, we're terribly over time. Uh, Cullen's awful at this. Uh, all he does is ramble. But... To be honest, I really gotta go pee. <laughs> well, we'll try to make this quick then. So thank you so much for everybody that left questions and that tuned in. Remember, next week is Luca, so you must summon him in the comment section. Luca, Luca, Luca. Mr. The Dice. Leave questions for him, and he'll answer them. Maybe. Hopefully. Uh, I guess so. Other than that, keep being awesome, and as always, Happy Wargaming.